listeners, it's me, Alex Clement. And before we get started on today's interview, I would like to ask you if anyone has experiences of a ghost dog, particularly a ghost wolfhound, because Peggy's birthday is coming up. Wolfhounds are her favorite. And I would really, really like to get a good image of a ghost wolfhound and then get it blown up on one of those canvas things for her. And I know what you're thinking. You're going, Alex, you idiot. Peggy will hear this and it won't be a surprise. Well, she doesn't listen to the podcast, so ha, I'll just edit this in later. So yeah, if you have a ghost wolfhound slash wolfhounds, get me at alex at clementlorimeretherealinvestigations.co.uk. Um, okay, enjoy the podcast. Hello, and welcome to Healthful Friends. I'm Peggy Lorimer, spirit medium and psychic. Hi, and I'm Alex Clements, paranormal technologist and fan of Cordroy. Is that a title you're using there? Yes. Okay. And today we are going to talk about banshees, a truly terrifying phenomenon with powerful imagery attached. A woman of the she, perhaps. She being, of course, Irish for fairy. Or is she the spirit of a human woman? Either way, she is keening for those who are soon to be dead. She is calling them home. Do you know, actually, we went to a graveyard today and an old man told us that we could tell it wasn't a Catholic one because of the amount of people who had either gone to sleep or were called home. Uh, Catholics don't do that, apparently. And um, then he gave me a bar of Tiffin chocolate. Which you enjoyed? I did. I loved it. Um, he had one for his brother's grave, and then he had one for, like, random strangers, apparently. Well, do you know what? I just wish more ghosts of all persuasions would just go to fucking sleep, Alex. Aww. I went for a walk on my own in the park yesterday, and I ended up having to listen to a very discordant version of the thong song. From a what? Yeah, it was a spirit called Amon who clearly missed the underwear crazes of the early millennium. That's so depressing. What did Amon want? What was his wish as a spirit? It seemed to be just to sing in my ear. Thong, 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 thong. That's weird. It's funny you mentioned thongs because we had a letter about our last podcast. Do you remember? Being possessed and speaking the words of a dead mushroom collector? Yes, Alex. Why, yes, I do. Well... You also said something else. I said lots of things. You said something mean about thongs, G-strings, tiny pants, the briefest of briefs. Okay, okay. And we had a letter of complaint from a lady called... Oh, I shouldn't say her name, should I? I I don't know. Isn't that a GDPR thing? Or has she negated that by being the sort of idiot who writes to an unpopular podcast to complain about something very stupid? I don't know. Um, Just in case, I'll call her Shalimar. Shalimar? Really? Yeah, Shalimar. My gran used to wear that perfume. And I don't think the podcast is that unpopular, Peg. I don't know. What's wrong with Jane Doe for a name? That has a nice toe-taggy feel to it. Yeah, but you see, she's called Jane, so that would be a rubbish fake name. Oh, bugger. Okay, I'll edit that bit out later. All right, if you must. Okay, well, anyway, Shalimar felt shamed by the fact that you said that G-strings were like writing to Father Christmas asking for thrush. And what am I supposed to do? Apologise? I am sorry if a person is not at peace with their own underwear choices, 
but I fail to see how a mea culpa from me will aid their journey to self-validation. Did she mention anything about the dead woman we spoke to? The touching friendship that had developed across the planes of existence? She actually said that she'd enjoyed that very much, but the fact that you'd maligned her underwear choices ruined it for her. Well, everything is ruined eventually. <clears throat> and none of our choices will save us from our eventual fate. The only person a tyrant cannot kill is their successor. I'm not a tyrant. Et I didn't say you were. Okay, let's get on. You lovely listeners. Listener. Lovely listeners, you are about to hear an interview with Natalie, who will be talking to us about her experiences with a banshee and how it changed her life. Was it for the better? We'll let you decide. Much as you will decide what sort of underwear you like, Shalimar. Okay. And please don't be swayed from that decision by the opinions of strangers. Okay, well... Leaving your underwear reservations aside, Natalie, welcome to the podcast. Why don't we begin by you telling us some of the important things about you? Uh, well, firstly, I am not from Ireland. I moved here from the US. Do you think that's the most important thing about you? Uh, sometimes it feels like that. Oh, wow. Really? In a good way? No, no not always in the good way. Are there any other interesting things about you? Slightly off topic, Alex. I feel it adds colour to the interview. I think it's very hard for us to define what's interesting about us. Oh, go on, have a bash. Um, okay. I work in the hospitality sector in a hotel. I collect decorative thimbles. Oh, lovely. I enjoy lucid dreaming, which enables me to peace out of unpleasant dreamscapes. I am fond of avocados, but I worry about the air miles. Mm. I also worry that secondhand jewelry carries vibes from previous owners. Oh, it does. It does? Yeah, but so does everything else. Like your phone, unethical mining. Your shoes, child labor. Your property, theft. Your bus seat, the farce of the previous occupants. Oh, thank you, Alex. Thank you for derailing and undermining me. Well, you told me to derail you if you got pompous or alluded to Marxism, just because you want to pretend that you are better than other people and may or may not have a headache, because you are not a Marxist. I am not a Marxist. No, you just like making other people I, feel I like guilty. Feeling, I like the feeling of making other people feel guilty. Yes. yes. And I do have a headache. Apologies, Natalie. I do not in any way think that you stole this charming semi-detached dwelling house. Moving on. Why did you move to Ireland, Natalie? Oh, wow. Uh, for love. I, I met him, um, John, when he was on his J1, you know, the, the student visa thing. Okay. That was 10 years ago. I, I just fell for his freckles and the, just the expression of poetry that was in his heart. He had a poem for every freckle. Every freckle was a poem. Mm. <laughs> Why are you laughing? Sorry, I was just thinking about something funny that I saw today. What was it? What was funny? Um, we saw a sausage dog eating a sausage. What? Um, sorry, to translate uh, in American, we saw a wiener dog eating a wiener. We saw it in the park this morning when we had our constitutional. 
And a constitutional is a walk for health. Okay, wait, how do you know that was what she was laughing at? And I, I do know what a sausage dog is. Oh, uh, we are a swan. Guessed. Jesus. Sorry, I'm sorry. Please go back to describing the gentleman that became your husband. He was charming and so... Sorry, can I ask something? Is this the man that was getting into the Skoda when we arrived? Yes, that's my... that's John. With the red face and Leeds football shirt? Yes! Okay, could I ask what he does for his job? Because we did guesses while we were oh, waiting for okay. you to answer the door. Yeah, and I win something off Peggy if I'm right. Oh, cool. <laughs> He's a sales manager. Yes! Get in! Oh, wow, what did you win? It doesn't matter. Um, I'm guessing a head scratch. Alex, she doesn't need to know that. Sorry, I'm I'm gifted at head scratches. She really is. John, John used to give me head scratches. He, he makes angry, sort of puffing noises if I ask him now. I'm sorry. Go back to the past when there were no angry puffing noises. We long-distanced for a long time, stolen weekends learning about each other and honoring each other's heritage and bodies, sorry, fitting as much love as we could into a limited time period. Dopamine dancing, nice, edging with your neurotransmitters. Uh, some people call that love, Peggy. Oh, sure they do. Give it, take it away, give it. Is it still there? Yes, oh, thank fuck. Mm, maybe I like missing you more than I like you, right? Um, Peggy has had some long-distance experience. I can tell her that myself. Okay. I have some long-distance experience. It can be real cold pudding when access becomes unlimited, right? What? No, I, I love my husband. Why are you looking at me like that? Because I had a husband once. Okay. Uh, we ultimately decided that Ireland was the best choice for our future, so I moved here. What were the deciding factors for Ireland? He felt that Ireland was more family-focused, and he, uh, he really focuses on his family. And what about your family? Oh, they wanted me to be happy. And they knew that when he was happy, it helped me to be happy. So your happiness is like index attached to his. Does that work the other way around? What? Nothing. Go on. Um, how have you found Ireland? It's been eight years. Making friends has been hard. Ah, uh, the old fruit conundrum. Hard skin, soft flesh versus soft flesh. Hard stone within. The ask versus guess culture. You know what I'm saying? Um, sure, yes, that, maybe. And just Irish people haven't really wanted to be friends with me. They say, we must meet up sometimes. And then they do not. Oh. In fact, sometimes, sometimes they catch sight of you in the fruit and vegetable section of Tesco and they dip their heads so fast and sidle away as if you're the human embodiment of the Hague and they're a war criminal. Oh. I am not sure what I have been doing wrong. Nothing, I'm sure. Any other issues? There have been some family issues. When I first moved to Ireland, I was not aware how the Irish responded to death. Culturally. I mean, 
I had survived the weddings. I had traveled to several weddings while we were long distance and taken many, many questions about the speed at which I would be getting married myself. I thought surely the funerals wouldn't be any worse. I am one half Irish and I am going to guess that you were wrong. Actually, I don't really want to say too much because as far as I can tell, Irish people like to keep their feelings of self-disgust mostly self-directed. And I have to continue living here. Will this broadcast be available here? Yeah, but you know, we're not expecting it to be popular. Peggy. Oh, oh, okay. Uh, Let's just say that I wished that I could have reasonable warning of family deaths so that I could get supplies in. Supplies? Uh, Analgesics, um, painkillers, you know, deoralite, occasionally a short prescription of Xanax, fresh underwear, and then there were my behavioral issues, I guess. What were your issues? I dressed up too much. Where does she think she is? Dynasty? I didn't dress up enough. No respect. I didn't cry enough. Hard-hearted, you know, cold. I did cry. Sure, she hardly knew him. I, I asked why there were bagpipes. Were they not Scottish? I received hard looks. I did not want to kiss or touch corpses. I did not think she looked peaceful. I did not understand why it seemed to involve three days of drinking to celebrate the life of someone who most people didn't like. I also did not understand that suggesting grief counseling was impolite. Oh. And my constant suggestions that someone might actually have an alcohol problem was nonsense because apparently they just needed to learn how to control it. Oh, God. Anyone in particular with the problem? No one I want to talk about. Well, it's just that you mentioned that you had to make sure you had Dioralite and fresh pants in, so... She doesn't want to talk about it, Alex. Of course. Wow, the background info is really in the foreground, right? Tell us about the Banshee. How did you come to know her? Well, first I heard about her. John's Aunt Bridget was talking about hearing her the night before his Uncle Tony passed, and I was like... They have a warning system for this shit show? For our um, Irish listeners, do you really mean shit show? No, no, I, I don't mean that. I mean very intense celebration of life that can sometimes become overwhelming, you know? It leaves me in a state of overwhelm. That happens to me in the shampoo section of Boots. I mean, I know it's not precisely the same thing, but... But it is overwhelming. Yeah. I forget what my hair needs when I'm there too. But look... Deaths of neighbors I can cope with. Yeah. It's the family. My husband has 20 aunts and uncles. Flip. Of a certain age. And for every one of their deaths, it was a big deal. And I was on the brink, getting screamed at for asking people not to drive home from an eight-hour drinking session, being told that a proper hoolie is what was wanted by the deceased, and to deny that was to deny the dead their wishes, which is essentially the same as spitting on a grave. Oh. And I thought, I need this banshee. I need a warning for this stuff. So what did you do? Well, they said that only family could hear her, 
but firstly, I was married to a member of their family, so I was family. That's fair. But even if that didn't count, I wanted to find out if I could circumvent that system. So I started just hanging around, low-key spell-doing. I called my cousin Liesel, who had been a pretty dedicated teen witch. She sent me some resources on, you know, like herbs and stuff. Okay. And I looked into making myself receptive to spiritual activity, you know, welcoming the dead. I learned about her. What did you learn? I did a really deep dive on Banshee mythology because it was unclear as to the origins of the Banshee. As a translation, it was obviously like fairy woman, but was she just for your family, right? Or could she be? I just want to know, could she be freelance? Mm. Then there was a whole thing about her possibly being the spirit of a murdered woman or a virgin who died young. Oh, gruesome. And I was like... Where would she hang out if one or all of these things were true? There's a crossroads near our house, next to a graveyard, if you can believe it. And I was like, that's the spot. And that is where I first saw her. She was moving or, you know, hovering pretty swiftly. So I just had a chance to shout at her. Oh, what did you say? I like your robe, dress, thing. That's brilliant. Did she stop? No, not that time. But I hung out again, and the next time I asked, I asked her what she used on her hair, and she slowed just a little. Compliments? You used compliments to lure a banshee. I mean, I know she's Irish, and traditionally they don't like those, but what else did I have? And it must have been a change for her, right? Imagine being dreaded forever just for telling people something that is pretty useful. Maybe it would be nice to have someone just say hi. So true. What other compliments did you use? Oh, okay. I um, what's that scent you're wearing? Brilliant. I wish I could hurt. Oh, wait. Sorry. I wish I could carry a chill like that. Ah, so good. Not everyone suits trailing rags, but you are working it, girl. <laughs> wait. That Italian marble really brings out your eyes. What? Oh, she was sitting on a gravestone. Oh, okay. So, how long did you do this for? Oh, four weeks. Also, I brought gifts, I made cakes, I knit her a shawl. Even though she was incorporeal? Well, I didn't know if she was. I didn't touch her. I mean, is she a ghost or a fairy? And, I mean, if fairies can steal children, then they can eat cake and wear shawls, right? I suppose so. I mean, like... Tell me, you went out every night. Didn't your husband notice? No. No, he, he did not. Oh. And my campaign worked. Eventually she stopped. She stopped in the graveyard and I started to let her know what I wanted. How did you tell her? I wrote all the options down and put them on paper and asked her to move the one that she felt best represented her needs. But she ignored that, and she pulled a copy of Now magazine out of my bag and started leafing through that instead. So I just sat there for a while, and I just said, I need your help. Ultimately, she isn't a conversationalist, so I used pictures and flashcards that I had made. I sang. And then two weeks later, I heard her crying. I looked out, and she was on my driveway. His uncle Kevin died a week later. 
you got a week's notice. Nice. So, did it help, though, like the early warning system? Yes, it helped. I was fresher, and I had bought Dioralite for my man, mm-hmm. and I had begun to read Women Who Love Too Much. I also made several oven-ready dishes to leave over to the house of the bereaved. That's really nice. How was it received, though? His Aunt Sandra told me it was very American of me. And then she made a great deal of fuss about making sure there were Rennies in the medicine cabinet. Oh. Then she punched me in the arm to emphasize that it had been a joke, of course. But you know what? I had tried. But you were ready for this kind of thing, thanks to her. Yes, she really aided me in dealing with at least three family bereavements. They didn't change their behavior, but I was ready for it. And then things between us started to change. How so? She just started to hang out in my garden. And were you worried that that meant you were going to die? We're all going to die. Yes, Peggy, but Natalie, were you worried that you would die immediately? So what if I did? At least I wouldn't have to get my outfit dry cleaned for it, right? That would be someone else's problem. So you weren't frightened? No. I got the sense that, well, you see, when I was trying to get to know her and ask her for this really quite big favor, I saw her a lot. But after that, I only really saw her when she warned me. Okay, so do you think she was lonely? Maybe. Or maybe she missed our chats. Anyway, she started to hang around. I um, I invited her in when John was out, which, you know, was a lot. And if he was there, I would go for a drive. She would sit in the car. Sometimes we would go to the beach. But what if there was people there? Oh, I'm really unsure as to whether other people can see her. But sometimes we just sit in the car. My windows are tinted, so even if people did catch a glimpse of her, they would probably just think she's a little, um, you know, alternative. We listen to music. She really, really likes Sia. Sia? Yeah, Sia, you know, chandelier. I can't do it like she does it. That makes sense, though. Yeah, the long, mournful notes seem to really appeal to her. What does your husband think of all this? I haven't told him. He, he wouldn't He wouldn't get it. Really? He isn't open to, like, the vastness of the unseen. Last week, I pointed out that a tree trunk had markings that looked like a face and that the face looked disappointed. He said I needed help and then asked what was for dinner. Do you have any kids? No, no, he really, really wants to, but he doesn't want to. He doesn't want to what? He doesn't want to expose an innocent life to the terrible vicissitudes of existence? No, not that. He, we, we don't, he never really wants to, um... Oh. Okay, sorry, sorry. Moving on. You're really, really pretty. What? Just in case you think it's that, it isn't. And you seem like a very nice woman, so it's probably not you. I didn't think that. I I didn't think that. He is very stressed with work. From the sales, of course. Yeah, no, definitely. Um, Let's talk about the Banshee again, though. Is she really pretty, too? Alex. Um, she's kind of imposing. Mm -hmm. I mean, sometimes when she relaxes a little, she she can look nice, I guess. And and she's she's 
guys, she's outside. She's in the garden. Really? In the garden? My goodness, it gets dark quickly at this time of year. Um, shall we? Should we? Oh, we should go outside. This is really nice patio furniture. Can I sit down? Of course. Can, can you see her, Peggy? Can, can you see her? I, I, can you? Yes, she's to your left now. Oh, but now she is, she's coming over to me and she's, she's sniffing my hair. Nice. I saw your hair move. Oh my God. Oh my God. Is she on me? Is that her at my face? Is she at my face? No, no, that's a moth. You've got a moth. And she's gone back beside Natalie. You can see her too? Really? Yes, I can see her. And she does work those trailing rags. Oh, thank God. You can see her. This is so excellent. Um, what I'm going to do, if you don't mind, I'm going to put out some photos of my aunts and uncles and I assume she will know, due to her bansheeism, which one of them will be dying first. So if she could indicate that... Oh, that's excellent, thank you. So, for the benefit of the listeners, one of the photos has just... It's just been flipped over because the banshee flipped it. Okay, so this is my Uncle Keith. Now, in a way, this is really good news because between his fear of the sea and his pretty serious levels of controlling behaviour, it has meant that my aunt Serena has been unable to have her dream cruise to see the fjords. So I'm actually fine with this and I do hope it's soon. Although obviously, and in this case unfortunately, we might have to wait a while to find out if she's right. Some experiments are very, very slow and good and careful study takes time. And that's actually all right. It is all right. It's all right, although it's pretty unsatisfying for the listeners. Yeah, if I'm honest, it's not great for Aunt Serena either. Um, I should probably talk to her about insurance. Wow, that's a very great joke, Alex. I oh. hope our listener uh -huh. enjoyed that. I hope Shalimar doesn't work in insurance. While understanding, listener, that you, Alex, we're absolutely joking. Yeah. While we at the Helpful Friends podcast do commune with the dead on a regular basis, we would never fuck with the insurance mm -hmm. industry. We're not that brave. Um, yes, I will obviously not discuss insurance with my aunt Serena, but that was a really fantastic joke um, that I made. I should probably cut this bit out, Peg. Will you remind me? Of course, I will remind you if I remember to. You know what? What? We should have filmed that. Yeah. The camera wouldn't have picked up much of the banshee, but the picture flipping thing was cool. It was really, really cool. Oh well. And there she goes. Uh, she's gone, Natalie. Yes, uh, work, I think. Of course, work. And for you, this is a good working relationship. She's really helping you out making things easier yes she is but, but she she can't do everything we had a recent bereavement actually it's, it's cold right let's go back inside yeah, of course. 
So John's uncle Bob died last month and I knew, I knew that it would be messy. He really loved his uncle Bob. Did you? Did you love his uncle Bob? No, God, no, I didn't. He was a very gross man. I braced myself for that funeral, even though I had my warning system in place. I mean, I left the pub early, and then I got woken up by a phone call from my sister-in-law. She was trashed, but not as trashed as my husband. He had decided to paddle in a small pond that was adjacent to the beer garden. Oh. He slipped, he cut his head. I had to go to the hospital and try and keep him calm while he was the biggest pain in the ass to everyone, crying and barfing and just being a fucking mess. They kept him in overnight, and when I got home, and it was just before break of dawn, and she was waiting in the back garden for me, and I could tell that she was sorry for me. I sat down, and she sat beside me. She only faded as the sun came up. Oh. oh I see. In many ways, you are the prime example that we are talking about, Natalie. You have forged a useful and symbiotic relationship with a supernatural being. So what I was wondering within these ideal circumstances, I was wondering... Why are you so sad? Well, she's doing all she can. It's ridiculous. It's almost miraculous, but I have persuaded a ghost to help me manage a problem. But I have realized that I still have the problem. Problem is John, and I don't know what to do. I'm very sorry. No, it's good to have a friend. Sometimes I think I should just move out. Should I? Don't, don't, an don't answer that. Okay, I won't. Although I sort of have to ask this one because it's like the whole thesis of the podcast. Um, Natalie. Do you think on balance that this relationship with a supernatural element has improved your life? I think that she has tried. I, I, I think we both tried. Well, thank you so much for talking to us, Natalie. Oh, thank you. Should we have used a fake? I should have used a fake name for this, right? No, no one listens. No one at all. There's too many podcasts, right? Good for you for trying, though. <laughs> trying is important. Okay, I'll probably stop recording there. Do you want a tissue, Natalie? It's fine, no. No, it's just you have some snot. I'm okay. No, it's on the other side. Um, I'll do it. Come here. <laughs> um, okay, quick update. You're probably thinking, wow, how tremendously depressing. I thought this was an uplifting podcast. Well, this is good because since we recorded that interview, Natalie's been in touch. Um, guess what happened, Peggy? I already know. We already talked about it. She moved out. Yeah, but I thought it would sound better if I imparted it in the now and then you could react like it's a surprise. No, no, this isn't reality television, Alex. There is some personal integrity involved. Oh, fine. I can tell you what I felt without it being, a, as the young are prone to saying, a hot take. I prefer my takes lukewarm and partially set. Thank you very much. 
like a thick custard. Okay, well, what is it then? What? Your take. Oh, I think it's a very touching story. I hope they are both very happy. Just play the voicemail, Alex. Okay, I will. Hi, guys. I, I moved out. I'm in an apartment next to the graveyard now, and I have a roommate, and you guessed it, she's totally dead, or a fairy, I still haven't worked that bit out, but I have never been happier. She still works nights, but apart from that, I feel so seen. I feel seen by someone who can't be seen by most people. John keeps calling me and crying and asking to go to counseling together. I spent the last four years asking him to go to counseling, so I told him to go alone or bring his mom. Okay, I'm going to go. Uh, Channel 4 News is on. Jon Snow makes her smile, and I like to see that. Oh, God, I, I hope that smile is not professional. Anyway, okay, bye. Okay, Peggy, um, nothing sarcastic to say about how odd it is to take up with a banshee? No, I saw her husband, and I think we're learning that one is as likely to find happiness with a dead person as with a live one. But you can be happy with a live person too. Of course. Good. Say goodbye to the listener. Goodbye, listeners. Okay, I almost forgot to do a cottage update for you. Is there really a cottage update? I mean, you posted a parcel of craft paper to your cousin. Yeah, and they weren't returned to sender with angry scribbles on the envelope. And the solicitor sent us a key and instructions that we can visit the house like next Wednesday between the hours of three and five in the afternoon. Yeah, he also wrote Revelations 14.12 in the margins of the letter, which is, and I've Googled this, a reference to the patience of the saints. Oh, God. While I am sure he imagined this was a very oblique way to tell you that you might have to wait for your cottage, it is not oblique, not even slightly. Yeah, but, see, that's very catastrophic thinking, because he might have just accidentally written some, like, Bible studies notes on the letter. But, like, look, I have the key. I've got a key. Okay, okay. Can we do an expectation manage, though? Yeah, fine. Okay. Say it with me. If we don't hope, if we can't we don't hope, get, we disappointed. Can't get disappointed. Okay. I hope there's roses around the door. Jesus. Jesus.